Well, man, it is great uh, to see you. I, I mean, it's really great to see you this morning. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you are here, whether you're with us here in the room, maybe out on the patio, or if you're with us online, thank you for being online. Um, and we, uh, we hope that you can come and join us at some point, too. Um, we just love that God gives us that opportunity to be able to touch people all over the place. But it, I, to be honest, I, I'm really glad to be here this morning. Uh, last week, I had the privilege of being in um, Arkansas, um, and so I, I didn't pick up any, too much of a draw, but I can say y'all, right? But um, I got to do a wedding there, and now I am duly um, uh, qualified to do weddings in Arkansas. That was pretty cool. Um, but the, the craziest part was that uh, a tornado actually touched down four miles from the wedding venue, so that was really fun. Uh, got to be part of my first experience with that, and um, the Midwest can have those tornadoes. So, um, you know, but I, some of you come from that, and you know, you know what that means, but um, we're just glad to be there, and the wedding went great, and it was wonderful. And like I told them early on, no matter what happens, they'll be married, so that's a good thing. And you guys were in great hands last week with my good friend, uh, Dr. Joe Grana. I hope you appreciated him. Um, yeah, he, he's, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe, if you happen to watch this sometime, yeah, we love you, and we're just thankful for wise individuals like Joe. He's one of my guys that when I have questions, when I'm thinking through things, and I'm like, which way do I go with this? He's one of the guys that I call and just say, Joe, man, out of your wisdom and experience, um, well, you know, give me some advice here. And he's just an amazing, amazing guy. And today we're in week four of this series that we're calling Where Your Heart Is. And, and, and we are looking at what it means to make kingdom investments, to have kingdom investment strategies. I, I don't know if you really thought about this before, but that you are an investor. You're called to be an investor in the kingdom of God. You, you, you make all kinds of different investments in your life. You make investments in your children, right? I mean, I heard the other day, like, you know, to raise a child today, you know, in California from, from the age of zero to graduating high school, you know, that it's easily, you know, just shy of a million dollars. And some of you are like, I didn't even think I had that much, right? But, but they survived and they got them there, right? So you make investments, uh, in your kids, and that's what child dedication is all about. We're making these investments, right? You make investments, um, business investments. You're making, you know, financial investments. You're making all these investments in your life, and you try really hard to think really well about how you're making those investments, right? You, you, you try to strategize and think what's going to be best and what's going to be the greatest outcomes. And this morning, what I want you to know is today, you are an investor in the kingdom of God. The question today is this, is how are you investing? You know, how are your investments doing when it comes to the kingdom of God? In the opening message, we shared the thought that the condition of your life is determined by the location of your heart. How your heart is doing says a lot about how your life is going. But, and the location of your heart is determined, scripture tells us, by where you put your treasure. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, we start out with it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from where your heart is. So the question this morning is where is your heart? The reason I think so many of us are suffering from stress these days, uh, the reason that, that you know, so many of us are teetering 
you know, when, when it comes to like, you know, people are just staring at the TV screen this last week wondering how the elections are going to come out, right? And everybody's worried and stressed out and freaked out and, you know, it doesn't even matter which side you're on. Everybody's freaking out. But why do we have all this stress and all of this, you know, angst about that? Why, why are people struggling from burnout, crushing debt, lack of purpose, hopelessness, and all these things? The, the reason, I mean, so many people feel like they're just like the hamster on the wheel, right? They're, they're just going fast, and the faster they go, they don't seem to be getting anywhere, right? And I think it's because our heart, our heart has been in the wrong place. So how did it get there? I think because we've taken some really bad investment advice. We've taken bad investment advice from the world that tells us that we should make investments on ourselves in a worldly way that will bring us short-term happiness at the expense of long-term promise. The world's investment strategies will leave you busy, burned out, tapped out, enslaved, and lacking purpose. But God's kingdom investment strategies, man, these things, if you listen to the words of Jesus, his investment strategies bring you rest. For your weary soul. They, they bring you freedom from debt, from bondage, from addiction, from consumerism, and, and they bring you fulfillment as you discover your purpose and your calling and your role in God's kingdom. And, and God wants good for you. In fact, you'll hear me say this next week a lot, is God doesn't want anything from you. He wants everything for you. And, and the reality is maybe... Maybe you have never thought about it in terms of investment before, but God tells us that we're investments. Uh, One of the passages we've been looking at is Matthew 6, 19 to 21, where it says this, do not store up, or I would say do not invest, right, um, for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up or invest for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There your heart will be also. So as we've been saying, Jesus is telling us that we're investors and that we have investment opportunities. And and, and we can make earthly investments, but what we know about earthly investments is this. Earthly investments are risky and they're short-term. Even if they're for just this life, they're short-term, right? Because the Bible tells us this life is like a snap, right? This, this life is like a vapor. So even if you make all kinds of great investments in the world, which I'm not telling you you shouldn't make smart investments. I'm just saying if that's all you're doing, then those things can be risky. The Bible says they're uncertain. And that eventually you don't have anything to show for those. But we should make kingdom investments, kingdom investments that, that last for eternity. And, and if we're going to guard our heart, we need to be careful where it is, and it's actually fairly easy to figure out where our heart is, according to Scripture. It, it's where our treasure is. And then we talked about them the first week, like, what is our treasure, Right? What's our treasure? Well, today there's the three that we've been talking about through this series. Uh, the first week we talked, or second week we talked about time which is probably today's greatest commodity, right, time? And then talent, we're going to talk about talent today. And then treasures, which we'll talk about this week. And that's treasure is in terms of resources, money, possessions, those things that God gives us. So 
If you show me your calendar, if you show me your, your checkbook, although we don't have checkbooks anymore, do we? Right? <laughs> if we take a look at your computer screen and your, you know, where your money goes, um, where you invest your effort and your time and your energy, I can tell you where your heart is. But God is clear where our heart should be. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, but seek first. Seek what? First. first. That, that means before the rest of the stuff. Right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things will be given to you as well. This is, th- that verse is a huge, a huge verse about faith. It's will you trust that if you invest in the kingdom first, that he promises that the rest will be added to you. That, that if you put him and his kingdom first, then all that other stuff that you truly need, all of that will be provided for you, that God will take care of the rest. And here's the question. Do you want to be the one responsible for taking care of you? Or would you rather have God? Right? So let's invest in his kingdom first. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at how we invest our time. We learned from Psalms 90 verse 12 that we, need to, that we need to number our days. Why? Because our days are numbered. And what things do we give priority to our time with? Are, are, are they just worldly investments or do we have kingdom investments with large chunks of our time? You know, I guarantee you that I, you will never regret any time investment you make in the kingdom. I have never heard anyone said, you know, spending all this time with God just isn't paying off for me. I've never heard anyone say that, right? I think I need to cut back. I've never heard anyone say, you know, I I think I need to stop reading the Bible so much because, uh, you know, or, or hey, I'm spending way too much time in prayer. Maybe I could use my time better somewhere else. I've never heard those statements, right? I've never heard anyone say, I I think we attend church way too much. I've just, I've never heard that. Where are we investing our time, in worldly things or heavenly things? Now, this morning we're going to take a a deep dive into how we invest our talents. And the first thing you need to know is this. You are talented, and you are gifted. All right? I want you to read this with me. Read it out loud, right? You are talented. You are gifted. Now, turn to the person next to you and say, you are talented and you are gifted. Now, I know, I know that some of you don't think you have any talent, right? Uh, But you do. Uh, Every single one of us has a talent. Here's how I know this. Because you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He's created you for something good. And, And when he created you, He gave you talents for you to use. He knit you together just the way he wanted you. He created you not to just get by in this world, but he created you to do something good, something for his purposes. And when he did that, he gave you talents. Now, you come into church and you see people with all kinds of talent, right? You see our amazing praise team, right? And, and, you know, when I see the praise team, I, th- I feel like, you know, remember um, American Idol, remember William Hung, right? The guy that, you know, 
and had the worst tryout ever. Like when I hear all these guys, I feel like I must be like William Hung, right? You know, and like, but I just sing as loud as I can, right? Because the Bible says make a joyful noise. So, you know, so that's what I'm working on. So, but the reality is that sometimes we see other people with talent and stuff, and then we think we don't have any. I get, you have a talent. You, you have a talent, and it's there to do good. Some of you are great at math. I know some of you are looking around going, well, that's not me, right? Um, maybe you're really good at running. I know some of you, right? And because I've run with some of you, and it's like you're talking, and I'm just trying to breathe. Maybe you're really great at computer engineering and programming and all that stuff, and I spend most of my time wanting to throw my computer out the window. And maybe, I mean, my mom, she thinks her spiritual gift is shopping. <laughs> and some of you probably think that's, you, you, that's where you're talented. And some of you are talented there. I'll get to that actually later. But I thank God for every one of you who have those gifts, math, running, computer programming. Why? Because I don't. I, I'm not good at those. I mean, could you imagine what church would be like if every single one of you had, had these same gifts? We would have fights every Sunday morning on who got to, you know, play what and who got to hold the microphone and everything else. And, and, it, and it's, it, it's wild. You are gifted and you need to know that God has put something special in you. And he knit you together with that. Now, there's talents and then there's gifts. Talents are specific skills and abilities that enable a person to do something well. Now, it's important to remember that these talents, they are from God. They're knit into the fabric of your being when he created you, right? He, he created you with these talents. And everyone, regardless of race and gender and economic status and even IQ or even faith, right, they have talents. Everyone's got some talents knitted into the fabric of their being, things that you're just good at. Now, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, however, if you put your faith in him and made him Lord, you not only have talents, but you also are gifted. Gifts are divinely empowered abilities given to followers of Jesus to build up the church and to expand his kingdom. All right, that thing, sorry. All right, there we go. So I want to say that again. Gifts are divinely empowered abilities given to followers of Jesus to build up the church and expand God's kingdom. There are things that you don't have except for the fact that God's Holy Spirit power is in you. And he's empowering you to do something, right? Sometimes you may have had a talent and it was okay, right? So for instance, I'll give you one, one example. But, but then God gets a hold of it and then he uses it and he gifts you to use it for his kingdom. Like, here's the example in my life. I, I was digging through a box in my garage not too long ago that my mom gave me. It's got all my stuff from when I was a kid. And I'm digging through and I look at my progress report when I was in third grade. Right? You, you know what? Third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, do you know what the teacher's comment every time was? Ken talks too much in class. It was a talent. Right? I mean, it just, you know, it was something God gave me. <laughs> it knit into my fabric, right? And then on top of that, he made me loud. So, I, you know, um, which, which made it hard to disguise the talent. So, um, but, but then, you know, cause, but then, and I've told people this, but then, you know, I, and then God got a hold of me. 
and, and kind of shook my life up because I had some other plans. And then God said, no, I want you to be a pastor. And, and you know, and, and I, I became a youth pastor and I loved it because there was lots to do and lots of activity, lots of things going on. And, and the loudness served me well. You know, when you're at camp speaking to 300 kids, loudness is a good thing, right? And so it was like, this is wonderful. And I, I, never, I never thought, I never thought that, that I would be gifted in terms of preaching or anything like that. I just never thought that that was the case. I just thought I talked too much and I was loud and, you know, just kind of, you know, was fun, right? But then you start to realize, like, hey, God wants to use that. That God wants to do something with that. And then his Holy Spirit does something inside of you and it takes those other talents and things in your lives and then he cranks them up a notch and he says, no, I'm going to use this for my purpose. Not just so you'll be a guy who talks a lot and is loud, but I'm going to use you to do other things. And man, I, you know, it's humbling to imagine that God wants to use us, but he does. And he wants to do the same with every single one of you. Whatever it is that God has gifted you with, he wants to use that for his purposes. And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that every believer in Christ has at least one spiritual gift. At least one I, I think most of you probably have more than that. Now, how do we get those? Well, well the first part is, comes from the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have God's Holy Spirit living in you. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, the first sermon that ever got preached, Peter gets up, he preaches a sermon, says, hey, you guys just crucified the Messiah. These people are like, well, now what do we do? And he, he tells them, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. We all like that part, forgiveness of sins, because that means, you know, we're, we're right with God and we get to go to heaven. But then he says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, so you not only are forgiven and, and you're free from your sin and you get to have eternity in heaven, and he says, now you have this gift of the Holy Spirit living in you. And that is the part, that, that Holy Spirit is the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That power is inside of you. How, how many of you ever have this nagging feeling that there's some kind of power or something inside of your life, inside of your body, that's just itching to get out, and you're just not sure how to get it out? Anybody? Anybody else? Raise your hand high, because I would really, yeah. Because yeah. most of us have this nagging feeling like there's something more, right? There's something that... that and you're like, how do, how do I get that out of there? Like, what am I supposed to do with that, right? If I really do that, people will think I'm crazy. I just happen to be crazy enough to say, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Because God wants to do something with that gift that he's put inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit is in you, he gifts you. One of the main roles of the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, is gifting believers and gifting every single one of you. Now, if you're here this morning, you're a believer, you have a gift, at least one, maybe more, and, um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. If, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, then um, the, the good news is you still have some talents, but, but the bad news is, is that you're trying to do it all by your own power. And some of you know exactly what that feels like. Because you keep trying to get ahead in life, you keep trying to do something, you're trying to do it by your own power, and, and, and you take a couple steps forward, and then you take like one and a half back. And you just, it's, it's like, again, you're like, you feel like you're on the hamster wheel, and you're just like, why am I not making more progress in this, why, you know, and, and you have lots of questions, but the reality is because you're trying to do it all on your own power, 
I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, you, you've plugged in to a socket that, that just doesn't have all that power in it, right? But God wants to supercharge us with his Holy Spirit and make us useful for his kingdom. So, so I want to encourage you. So you not only get forgiveness and the gift of eternal life if you accept Jesus, he empowers your life. And so that is his invitation to you, and we'll wrap that up at the end of the message today as well. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have at least one gift. And now 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11 says this. Now each one, okay, everybody say each one. And turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. Okay, so everyone, okay, each one has a manifestation of the Spirit, or to, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's another important thing to remember. The gift that God gives you, it's not just for you, right? It's not, it's not just, you know, your thing to use for yourself. And the, No, it's there for the common good. To one there is given through the gift, Uh, through the spirit, a message of wisdom, to another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit, another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between the spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to what? Each one just as he determines. Here's the good news. God created you. He knows you best. He knows what your talents already are. And so what he does then is he comes in and he infuses as he determines the spiritual gift that you need. I happen to believe that as I read through the Bible, I think there are sometimes where God says, hey, I'm going to gift this person for this, particular, um, for this particular project in this particular time for this particular thing. And he says, boom, there you go, and you do it, right? And then he might change that up later. He's God. He can do that, right? He, he makes the rules. But he's gifting his people, why? For the common good and just as he determines for his kingdom purposes, Romans 12, eight, uh, 5 through 8 tells us the same thing. Basically, he says, so in Christ, though, though many, we form one body and each member, right? Everybody say each member. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. There you go. Okay. And each member belongs to, to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Okay. So he's pretty, you know, every one of us, right? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He goes on in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. The word grace in there is pretty cool. Um, it's the word charis, right? Um, this word charis means both grace and gift. It, it, it's a really cool word in the, in the Greek language. It means grace and it means gift. So your gift is God's grace to you. You don't deserve it. He just gives it to you and says, here it is. It's yours to use. And, and that's what he wants from us. So, and then he goes on, and then he says, to, it goes down in verse 12, he says, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may, build, may be built up. It's for God's kingdom purposes that he has gifted you. 
not so you could just get by or even just do well in this world. It's for his kingdom that he's given you these things. So real quickly, how, how do you discover your gift? Because some of you may know your gift already. Some of you may not. Um, some of you might think you have one gift, right? You got like that William Hung guy thinks he can. Have you ever wondered, those people get up on those things and they start singing and you're like, who lied to them? Like some well-meaning mother was like, oh, you sing like an angel, right? And then it's like, well, you know, no, no, you, no, you don't, you just, no. Some of you like think your gift's one thing, but it's really something else. And I encourage you to go on, Jesus is inviting us, the Holy Spirit's inviting us, like go on this crazy fun adventure of figuring it out because God's got great stuff in store. So how do you discover your gift? Number one, pray. It's the place to start. Don't just assume. Don't just say, oh, this is my thing, and that's what I, no, pray. Uh, the book of James tells us, hey, if any of us lacks wisdom, we can ask. So ask God, say, God, give me the wisdom to understand the talents and the gifts that you have given to me. Pray. Folks, he wants you to know this, so pray and ask him. And then again, go on this journey. Now, the next thing is, after you pray, um, test. Right, and now I'll tell you this, there's all kinds of things that you can do. There's these spiritual gift tests that you can take. One that we use in some stuff here at church, you just go to spiritual gifts, gifts plural, um, test.com, right? It's on the little paper there, I think. Spiritual gifts test.com, right? And, and you can take a little test and it'll kind of narrow things down for you. But I would say this, don't take the test and then walk away just going like, you know, so don't all show up next week in my office and say, so I have the gift of preaching, when's my turn? <laughs> right? So, um, you know, if you really do, we'll talk about that because that would be really cool, right? So if you do, yeah, come talk to me. But, um, but here's the thing is you don't just look at that and go, okay, that must be my gift. So, because there's more steps, okay? So first you pray about it, then you test, like figure it out. Um, a great way to do this is sign up for Rooted. Um, we'll do that again um, probably in January, towards like mid to late January. We'll start again. And during the course of Rooted, you will talk about gifts and things like that, and you'll take a spiritual gifts test. And then in a small group of people, um, which is really important, you'll, you'll kind of start to unpack that and, and what that means. Because, and, and so that, that's, that's my shameless plug for Rooted. You should, if you haven't done it, you should all do it. Um, the third thing is this. Try stuff. Right? So pray about it, take a test, then just try stuff, right? But, but don't have the attitude like, this is my thing. And, no, try stuff and see how it goes. So for a while, um, when I, I was teaching in Bible college and stuff, I, I had the, the horrible reputation of scaring um, guys out of youth ministry, right? Because I was like, okay, the reason that a lot of you come in and you want to be a youth pastor is because you had a lot of fun when you were in youth group. And you thought, I could do that for the rest of my life. And then I would get him in and go, okay, this is what this is really all about. This is what, this is what the job of doing this looks like. And they'd be like, oh my gosh. I was like, look, you may have been called for youth, you may have been called for ministry, but maybe it wasn't in this particular area. And, and so you try stuff and you do things and you, you know, and this is where the fun happens. Because here's the greatest, and you guys have heard this before, it's okay to fail at some stuff. 
It's okay to try something out and go, you know, I really wasn't good at that. You know, it's like basketball for me, right? I, I mean, I am a down lineman. I'm not good at basketball, okay? Unless you want somebody to really block hard. <laughs> so there's just certain things, right? It's like, it's okay to try stuff out and say, like, you know, some of you might think like, oh man, I, you know, I'm gifted at teaching and I, I love kids. I'm going to try, you know, working with kids and Crystal will love you to death. Um, but here's the thing. You may get in there and just go, oh my gosh, I go home with a migraine every week, right? Because I just can't handle it. So it's okay, try it and then see what happens because that's one of the ways that God confirms what's happening. And then here's the other real important part, ask, okay? Ask other believers that you trust. Ask them, so hey, where do you think I'm gifted? Where do you think that I should be using my gift? And, And listen to other, again, trusted Christian believers, and listen to them say, hey, you know, you're really good at this. Again, I'll give another shameless plug. This is why life groups are so important. As you're practicing and trying and unpacking this stuff, you can talk to people and say, hey, how, how am I doing at this? Right? Do it together. That's why community is so incredibly vital. Uh, and, and somebody who knows you well, I mean, it, the people who know you best, they, they probably already have a pretty good idea what you're pretty good at. Um, so ask the people around you. Don't assume anything and be humble about it. And then the last thing is this. Look for results. God is not going to give you a gift and expect no results. <laughs> he, if he gives you a gift, he wants to see fruit, right? And so um, make sure that as you're doing stuff, if you don't see any fruit from it, then that's probably not your gift. Uh, and, and then you get to try again. And that's the great thing is this is a discovery process that we all get to go on and it's actually fun to make those things happen. The, the last, last part is this, is um, you, then you, once you understand your gift, right, then you have to use it. And, and here's the real deal, use it or lose it. First uh, Peter 4, 10 to, and 11 says this, each one of you should use whatever gift you have been given, received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Then he goes on again. If anyone speaks, they should do one, uh, as one, excuse me, as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. amen. Yeah. By giving you a gift, now this is really important. By giving you a gift and by giving you talents, God is inviting you into his kingdom endeavors. God could do it all on his own. Thank you very much. But he loves you and he wants you to be part of what he's doing. He doesn't want you to just sit and watch on the sidelines. He doesn't want you to just like, you know, be around and fund his thing, right? He doesn't need your your funding. He wants to be involved with you. He wants to work with you. He wants to make this fun with you. He is inviting you to make kingdom investments that will build his church and help change people's eternities. He's inviting you into his whole process of saving the world. 
And, and he's saying, come with me. Now, you may remember a couple weeks ago, we read it like the story of the guys who got the different talents, right? And the one guy got, you know, five bags of you know, gold, and the other guy got two, and the other guy got one. And the guy that had five, he doubled his. The guy that got two, he doubled his. And then what the guy with the one do, what'd he do with his? He buried it, right? And what happened to that guy who hid his ta- the talent that God gave him? Yeah, it wasn't good, right? But let's just say this. Before he went to the weeping and gnashing of teeth part, something happened before that. Is what he had was taken away. If you don't use what God has given you, he's, he's gonna take it away. God's gifts are good and he doesn't waste them. And neither should you or I. We need to use what God has given to us in every way we can for his glory. And, and, and that's important for us. God expects you to be a good steward of whatever he has given you. Anything he puts in your life or in your hands, he expects you to be a good steward of it. Whether it's time, talents, or treasures, or anything else. He's not just gifting you. He's not just saying, okay, here, have this thing. He is inviting you in. He has empowered you by giving you his Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in your body. And, it gave, and he gave you this gift. And he designed it just for you. And he gives you divine power to use it for his kingdom. And he says, don't you want to partner with me? And that's a question that you need to answer today. Do you want to partner with him? He's, he's making all the big, he's doing all the heavy lifting. He's making all the big investments. He's saying, partner with me in these kingdom endeavors. He's saying, seek first, in Matthew 6, 33, seek first my kingdom and the righteousness. All that other stuff you're chasing, that, that, that'll take care of itself. Seek first the kingdom. I love what um, Max Lucado says. He says, do the most what you do best. So whatever God has gifted you and ta- you, what ta- your talents are, if you know that that's coming from him, what you do the best, you do that the most. Now here's a few questions for you because this, this is so important for us to get. What, it, so here's the thing, you do have talents and you do have gifts. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have gifts and you've got talents. But here's the question. What is getting the best of your talents and gifts? What's getting the best of that? Is is it just your work? Is work getting all the best of your talents and your gifts? Is Is it a hobby? Is that getting the best of your talent and gift? You know, in 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 our world, is it is it sports? Is it you know what is it? Or are you giving that away, you know, just to, to a, a, you know, a relationship or something else? Or are you giving it to the kingdom of God? What's getting the best? What's getting the first of the talents and gifts that God has given to you? And, and look, he doesn't want you to just use your gift out of obligation. Like, oh, I have this gift, I just have to. Yes, you're responsible and you should be a good steward. But this is, I was sharing with, our, with the praise team this morning. When you use your gift, it brings your heavenly father joy. If you want to bring joy to your heavenly father, 
then you find your gift and you use that thing. Christmas is coming up. By the end of tomorrow, we'll probably have another gift to buy. We have another grandbaby coming tomorrow. I know someone told me this morning, every time we turn around, you're having a grandchild. I'm like, it's what happens when you have four daughters, right? So it's like, but it's amazing, right? But, and, and it's so fun. When you're a little kid, it's all about getting the gift, right? When you're an adult, and especially when you're a grandparent, man, it's like all about like giving the gift and watching them open the gift. Could you imagine... Could you imagine you sit down and, and you give you, the kid the gift and they open it up and they're just like, like, well, I didn't want that. Or if they just open it up and they walk over and they hide it somewhere and, and then they never use it again. No, what gives you joy is to watch them play with that thing that you thought, oh, they're going to love this. And then they start playing with it and it brings you joy, Right? Your heavenly father, same thing. He's like, man, I'm, he's giving you a gift. And when you use it, man, it just lights his heart up. You bring the father joy when you use your gift. I mean, it's so amazing that we, we, can, we can partner with God in his kingdom endeavors. And you can use your gift, whatever it is. Now, how can you use the talents and gifts to invest in the kingdom? Well, it's invest in things that last into eternity. And, and, and so you can look at your talent or your gift and, you can, and then you can figure out like, okay, how do I use that for the kingdom? For instance, um, some of you are really good. Some of you love sports. You're really good at coaching, right? I know there's some of you in this room, right? So you could either just go do that and think that that's just fun, right? Which is nice. Or you could figure out how to use it for the kingdom of God. By using it to build relationships with people where you have opportunity to speak Jesus into their life and teach other people with gifts how to use their gifts to glorify God. If you're a coach, you know, I, was, I, I told him I was going to do this already, but Tim Sherritt, he, um, who's a member of our church family, who works with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, talk to him. He'll tell you all about, like, yes, you can take that gift and you can take that passion for coaching. You can use it for the kingdom. If you, if you have the, the gift and talent of just fixing things. Talk to Steve Williams. Right? There's a lot of stuff to get fixed in the kingdom of God. You know, and around the church. Right? If, you lo- if, if you're passionate about seeing the next generation come to Christ, if you're really good, you love spending time with young people and pouring into them, you talk to David Ramirez, our student ministries pastor. Or if you just love kids... Right? If you just love kids, then, then, then talk to Crystal. If you like technology, right, then God bless you. And talk, talk to Devin or some of the folks that are doing our tech ministries. If you like traveling to other countries and building stuff, you come talk to me. Right? I mean, there's ways to take the gifts and the talents and, and to mold them into ways that you use those to expand the kingdom. But whatever you do, Don't waste the precious gift that God has put inside of you. Just kind of quick close with this illustration. Um, This this baseball, if you put it in my hand, you never know what might happen. There's too many windows in this building. You put it in my hand, it's worth five bucks. You put this baby in Clayton Kershaw's hands, it's worth 
$890,000 every time he takes the mound. Okay? Yeah. So this basketball, right? You put this basketball in my hands, it's about 25 bucks or so, right? But you put this thing in LeBron James' hands, and it's worth about $542,000 every time he steps on the court. You put this golf club in my hands, you should run. (laughs) But, you know, these things are expensive these days, right? But you put it, you you put this, this golf club in Tiger Woods' hands, it's worth millions. You, you, take one, you take this guitar over here and this really nice guitar, and you put it in my hands, right? I, I can, I can kind of strum a little bit. I can play just a little bit, but it's, it's just going to be mediocre at best. You put that thing in Keith Urban's hands, it's worth, it's worth $700,000 a night. You put this painting brush in my hand, when I'm done, it looks like a kindergartner did it, (laughs) right? You put it in Leonardo da Vinci's hands, and one painting is worth $430 million. You put five crackers and two small fish in a little boy's hands, and you've got a lunch. You take that lunch, and you put it in Jesus' hands, and it'll feed 5,000 plus people. If you take the gifts and talents that God has put in your hands and you try to just do your own thing with it, who knows what could happen. But if you give them back to him, if you take the gifts and the talents that God has placed inside of your life and you say, God, thank you for this gift. Help me use it for your kingdom. It can shape eternity. You know, all that other stuff, all that money that these people are going to make, it's all going to burn, right? At, At the end of this life, it's all for what? But God's inviting you to make an investment in eternity by using your gifts and your talents to shape lives, to introduce people to the one who can save and to change eternity. The question is, will you, will you invest with your gifts and abilities into the kingdom of God? God made a huge initial investment in your life when he sent his son Jesus, who gave his body and his blood on our behalf and said, you know what, I value you I love you so much and I'm going to invest in your eternity. And Jesus came and he paid the price that we could never pay. He took care of the debt that we could never work off. And he gave his life so that we could live eternally with him. And now he invites you into that process where we can help others find the way home. And so every week we remind ourselves that at the end, the most important thing is not what's in our hands, but whose hands we're in. 
my prayer is that you're in the hands of Jesus. If, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'd love to talk to you after the service. But if you are this morning, together, let's remember Jesus' sacrifice. Let's take this bread representing his body together. And then there's this cup that represents Jesus' blood with which he paid for our sins. And so let's take that together, remembering that we're forgiven. And as we take a little time this morning, and as we close in song, I just want to encourage you. Maybe the best place to start, we said, is to pray. And maybe right now you just take a few moments and you pray and you ask the Lord, say, Lord, where have you gifted me? What talents do I have? And then start to think, how do I use those? Not so that I could get by tomorrow, next week, the next year. What? But how can I use these to bring you joy? And let God do a powerful work in your life. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your gift of grace. We thank you, Father, that that, that word grace, it, it, it means both grace that we receive that saves us and it means gift. God, what a gift you have given us in Jesus and what a gift you have given us in the Holy Spirit who empowers us. And Father, help us to understand that you're inviting us in and that God, you've done everything already to empower us to do everything you want us to do. And Father, we will just surrender and let you be first. We love you, Lord. We praise you and we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior.